SFJ 4x4 Studios presents in my in my oversized four-wheel drive Jeep a Jeep podcast starring industry experts pure monosity what what <laughs> say that again with mad scientist Scott Brown use my drill press as a sort of lathe our host Neil Simpson if one light goes out they all go out filled with shenanigans we we are really professional with jeeps this is i speak jeep well we skipped we skipped right to the outro (laughs) (laughs) good morning afternoon evening wherever however you are joining us this is the i speak jeep podcast and you know what i i uh, i'm gonna jump right into i saw a thing uh a meme shared on the interwebs recently and it said uh you can gauge a successful business by how often you hear employees laughing or the environment that you are about to you know go into you're is, not supposed to hate their job they're not supposed you're not supposed Who's to hate that? your job <laughs> so as you as you listen in to us do our thing and we start off laughing very uh, often very often and we've got you know goofy things happening often in the background at just this you know expense oh poor jeffrey <laughs> well, he does no. such a good job uh, my name is Neil with the I Speak Jeep podcast. Are you sure? Presented by SFJ4x4.com. And uh, we are quickly transitioning out of our previous podcast, The American Hustle. So we, we feel confidently we can tell you about it now. It did release last week. And if you were one of the people who jumped on and joined us on that conversation, thank you so much. It was a huge success. We loved uh, all the people reaching out to us. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, head over to your favorite streaming platform. I heard it was a little delayed on iTunes or Google or on somebody. Google, but it is there now. I did check it. It is there now. Yep. And and so thank you, folks, for for finding it, being part of that conversation, and uh, make sure that just as you join us here uh, through email and text only and all that kind of stuff, that you join us over there and you you share your your commentary. That particular podcast is not advertised live. Uh, but you can still be part of it, and, and, and we can fill your ear holes on your commute or your flights or your work day or all that kind of stuff. Uh, you guys are who? I'm Jeff Tremonti, the producer of the show. Sure. The Italian Stallion. <laughs> and uh, then you've got Scott over there. Go yeah, ahead. Scott. Mad scientist Scott Brown. Oh, wow. He's so excited to be here today. Oh my goodness! I heard it down like four levels. I had him giggling, but I heard I, him giggling I, before. That was that was more than four levels. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> you know what? I, uh, I I have to take a, a moment and uh, do a shout out. So we have uh, lots of people that we could recognize, but um, I know uh, I was talking to Lake Erie Automotive, a business that we subcontract uh, some of our services as far as you know, like, certainly like limo work, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I know how much they love your limo and uh, and limo work and AC <laughs> right. Uh, so shout out to them that they join us every morning, and so uh, you too can join us live on Facebook at ten nineteen. Listen in as you should, as you should. I know that uh, <laughs> there's some office spaces, there's some places on the production line of the actual 
you know, Jeep Chrysler Corporation. In addition to that, the comments that our listeners do provide us during the <laughs> our show are fantastic. Um, just don't get yourself banned. We're, we're just going to go ahead and just jump right into the comments quick. Uh, Joe, Joe Brilla's already, greetings from Scenic Blanding, Utah. We're in Utah and you're not. Neener, neener, neener. <laughs> yeah, Joe. Uh, thanks. Joe. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Yeah, we're supposed to have snow today, Joe. Thanks. It was sleeting on the way out <laughs> yeah, to the, great. Uh, the school. Uh, is this a third winner? Yeah. Fourth winner? I don't know. I right? can't, can't keep track. And then Roy Hill is saying good morning, everyone. Good morning, Roy. And Chuck Laurie, good morning, all. Hey, Chuck. Good morning. Good morning to all of you. And folks who are not commenting, good morning to you. Uh, and, and likewise, if you're listening to us in your ear holes at a later date, we thank you uh, for choosing us. One of the fastest growing automotive podcasts in the industry. And what a what a, a sheer uh, honor that is that uh, our listeners and followers have made it such. Absolutely. So we've got some really uh, – we've got a cool topic. We're going to be talking about our Jeep stories, our, our origin stories, your Jeep stories. And, uh, and then part of our hashtag not sponsored, uh, we've obviously – we talk about Jeep products. We talk about – you know, we talked about graphics. We talk about events sometimes. Uh, today we'll be talking about we'll be doing a little shop talk. Yep. And uh, those who are following along on the Mad Scientist's little uh, metal they shop sne- that they he's got built, a sneak peek. They got a sneak peek. Yeah. And uh, on his Instagram, he's been posting you know some of the some of the upgrades he's done in in his own personal space. And we'll be talking about those today and contrasting a little bit with what we've infrastructure done here in our facility yes so stay tuned for that before we get started what is jeep life the so jeep life and i speak is he a rash (laughs) they're going that's what I'm just, here for. I just, <laughs> folks, I really... They had a plan, I, and then I, Scott opens his mouth, and it just, it's I'm all done. gone. I, know. <laughs> I, I don't even I know. I don't understand, because <laughs> I, I actually, as I was thinking through the podcast, I thought, I am going to make sure that this does not crest too far past PG-13, right? What? And then Scott... <laughs> Scott, well, I mean, what you gives a rash you on rash? your arm? Yeah, things you're allergic well, you to. Get, well, me, it's the sun. So, you know, top off life, I'm getting very burnt and, and Is that what you stuff. were trying to Is that what you were trying well, to could, say? You, whatever it means for you, it's the same way a Jeep life. It, I, I don't understand Your Jeep a life rash might be different than I, other people's I, I Jeep just, life. Uh, to me, a rash is a negative and Jeep life is a positive. Well, so I don't know where you're going. It's according to my skin doctor, it's a bad thing. But anyway, <laughs> Jeep life. <laughs> Folks, he is really good with Jeeps and vehicles, and we love him dearly. When you have that scientist name, you got to be odd. And oh, I'm here for without it. Without question. <laughs> yeah, Phil, you know? <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> the, the, you know, his metal shop is amazing, by the way. It I is. was there over the weekend, what? and it is an amazing setup. Oh, I, he, I don't know about rashes. We didn't talk about rashes so over the skilled. weekend, he's thankfully. so gifted. Uh, there's just... There's just some. And we're like gonna have a whole laugh. compilation of things that Scott says. Scottisms. Ch- Chuck uh, is saying, "Wasn't me this time." Bad scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, the Jeep life, right? And I speak Jeep is about rugged individualism. It's about pursuit and DIYing. Uh, it's it's bigger than just technical vehicle automotive aspects. It's the idea that you want to go chase the horizon and sleep under the stars. And be it whether that's your camper or in the back of your Jeep or under your Jeep, it's hanging around campfires your with your Jeep. friends or on top of your Jeep. Yep. Um, whether it's hanging out around the campfire, it's about taking on a task, 
that says, hey, you know what? I might want to try and change out my wheel hub assembly this week, or I want to you know, do this little DIY project to make this vehicle my own. That is the Jeep life, right? And so it's valuable to say that us as individuals gather around this table have done a lot of very cool uh, vehicular inspired things with our Jeeps, but we have taken that and it has, you know, it's further gone across from our Jeeps into hot rods, into other personal pursuits, into, you know, camper builds and house builds. And just taking that same level of jeeping our way through life, which is a, a, a term my brother-in-law, I believe, was you know coined and used with us. Yes. And it means just kind of a, a pursuit forward uh, in his, his, he would say, with a little bit of reckless abandon. I think some of, some of our <laughs> listeners might, might agree, but that is ultimately the value of the Jeep life. And so where we are at as individuals, we are now taking other pursuits Mm -hmm. uh, similar to as we have built our Jeeps. And we're taking that into hot rods and personal personal uh, uh, contracting builds, if you will. So who wants to start and update us on where they're at in our life? And we got to keep it. We got to keep it short. Straight to the point. Really fast. Uh, Your sister, Jennifer, is asking, did someone caffeinate Scott this morning? You've lost (laughs) control in under seven minutes today. (laughs) my job <laughs> that's what i'm here for I, and good morning dale yeah. <laughs> i don't I, like caffeine we'll be back after a quick break you love listening to podcasts but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast maybe you want to build a brand grow your business or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby whatever your reason for making a podcast buzzsprout is the place to start Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. No, you don't need it. You don't need it. So so how's the camper coming? So... Uh, I guess we'll start with mine then. I guess, right? <laughs> threw you the ball. Right. So we went over, I went over to Scott's this weekend, and I took him a bumper, and I said, I need this attached. And he made it be attached and detachable at the same time. It was awesome. To what? To the camper. Ah. So did uh, you take him a camper? I took the camper over, yes. Oh, so we, we did maiden a, voyage. Well, um, sort of. Sort of. I took it I on uh, Thursday or Friday night. I Drove it around the block a couple times to make sure it would actually drive. Drive, and uh, test. Wow. I put in. I put That's in confidence in I put the brake. Wow. I put the brake controller in the in the Gladiator, so I wanted to make sure that that was working and set up appropriately. Okay. and everything worked great. Um, in fact, I I hit the brakes hard just to see what it would do, and it locked up the trailer. Uh-huh. Uh, Kristen yelled at me for uh, burning up our new tires, but nah. I was I was only going a few miles an hour. Yeah. Um, but it was as. Everything's great about that. Uh, I took it over there, and he's he suggested that because of how low the trailer currently sits, that we put the bumper up higher, we put it on some brackets, and we bolted in, especially because uh, I made some religious-type jokes about the weather, and then it rained on us you the entire smited. morning. <laughs> you got smited. Yes. It wasn't supposed to rain on Sunday. I, I, didn't, I don't <laughs> like being cold or wet. So and, and both of those occurred this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I so, to so work Jeffrey has the brought the, Jeffrey has brought that upon us. So yeah. if you're listening, <laughs> sorry folks, guys, and you are in the Great Lakes Midwestern region, that's Jeff's fault. Yeah. I, I had I pointed out to Scott. I said if there was ever evidence of a smiting, this is it. Because <laughs> <laughs> every time we look at radar, I was like, okay, good, and, we're good and now. And then it w- and then it would just start going again. And then there was a straight band. Just straight following across my house over your house. <laughs> it was. Uh, so classic. But anyways, he did a great job welding on those brackets and, and drilling it in so that I can actually remove the bumper for serviceability, replacement, whatever down the road. Uh, that turned out great. Uh, he also helped me with the inner wells for the, the tandem axles. Uh-huh. Um, I, wells. So it, it turned out really well as well. Sure. Um, I just have to bolt it on. Some assembly required at this point, but it's all looking really good. Outstanding. Um, as far as the rest of it, I got it back home Sunday night and continued to work on insulation. Uh, I'd say about 50% of the trailer is insulated at this point. Cool. And we put up some of the wall panels and ceiling panels as well. So it's, it's moving right along. Outstanding. And it is traveling where and when? Iowa to on May... Fourth is the day we leave. May the fourth be with yeah. Jeffrey, folks. Yeah, yes. and and it's, it's my thing. Stop. And the smite. I, I hope so. Shall stop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're we're going to some campground out in northeast Ohio or Iowa that uh, my wife's never even been to, so that'll be interesting. Um, her camper family has selected this campground and said that she'd love it. Um, I was looking at the property and. What was very convenient is that they picked all pull-through spots because everybody's taking campers, so I don't even have to worry about trying to back that in there. Nice. I was pretty happy with that because I can't see the tail of this at all right now. Even even so, and folks, if you are listening, you, you're just joining us, and you know you, you chose this episode to jump in. Understand that Jeffrey started with a you know 118 foot uh, <laughs> tag along camper that he he virtually got for free. Uh, stripped down in his front yards, his neighbors love him. Oh yeah, and uh, and and stripped it down to a bare chassis, and now it's it's only seventy six feet long. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. As, as the towing best... it with his his three quarter ton uh, Jeep Gladiator. That's yes. right. The best yeah, that's part. Why of... so best put it? That's tall. Oh, it's it's tall. <laughs> so. <laughs> her her six foot three dad could change clothes in there without hitting his head. Okay. And hands on the ceiling. So yeah. it's Hopefully tall. Hopefully there's no low bridges between yep. here and Iowa. We'll figure it out. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So It'll anyway, be fine. anyways, uh, what's what's been really cool about the experience <laughs> He's is, got a three-quarter ton gladiator going that way. We'll, we'll plow it through. I don't care. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's shorter. Oh, God. I, I've seen what happens when you hit a bridge. I was going to say, Chuck Norris, uh, <laughs> the great, great state of... Great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is still looking for who to, who took that train bridge out. Kristen says still too tall. But uh, anyways, <laughs> what's been really cool about it, though, is as I was stripping it down in the backyard, all the neighbors were like, what is this guy doing? What what kind of mess yeah. is he doing? Now that I'm putting it together and people are seeing it, everybody in the neighborhood is stopping by, asking questions. Hey, can you help us with ours? Can you do that? No. <laughs> well, I was like, say, it is a great feeling, though, because with my, my storage unit house build, uh, we've we've equally had like people are like we're terrified. I think it's actually working in our favor because they saw the absolute piece of junk that we started with, yeah, and it terrified them. It scared them, and now if it looks half, you know, better. Oh, absolutely! Like, oh, that's great. It's, it's like you like, just <laughs> thought you just didn't want it. Like you just didn't want it. Uh, you know, a squatter's paradise happening in your that's backyard. That's literally what my house was. It was a, a five-year abandoned house, derelict. And I went in and converted it all, and sure. the whole neighborhood immediately loved me for it. And like, I, it looks like crap, right? But right, 
Well, you just, again, to them, it's just it was wanting amazing. a little bit better. And, yeah. and they, you know, they were tired of looking at the, the, the squatter house. And it's the, the same with the camper. People are asking like, oh, did you go to school for that? How do you know how to do that? I'm like, I, I have no clue. I'm making it up as I go. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'm just, I'm just winging it, man. Yep. Speaking of winging it, how's your metal metal fab shop going, Scott? Well, uh, I've been uh, not working on the car, trying to get this airline stuff done. I've been working on it in the evenings. Uh, sometimes you got to sharpen your axe. Yep. Well, real quick, in your shop, you have a four foot break, right? About that. <laughs> what? It's a three foot break. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scott can't math. <laughs> He's like, he's like, yeah, I've got this four foot break. I'm like, cool, we can do this in two sections. And he's like, he walks me over. He's like, see, 36 inches. I'm like, that's that's three foot. <laughs> oh, oh god! Thank God, Amy married you at such a young age. Yes, I'm very blessed that pulls, I have my wife. He pulls out a yardstick. He's like, conveniently, this is also three feet. I'm like, that's that's what a yardstick that's is. What a yard, that's a yard, Scott. I, you know what else is three feet? My bench. He goes, yeah, amazing. I got to learn so much this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he had a four foot work wrench before I showed up. <laughs> I lost a foot somewhere. What, what other things are you lying about, Scott? I don't know. <laughs> so much for BG13. <laughs> uh, oh, and we're off the rails, folks. Yes. It's not like I went to school for drafting or anything. No, <laughs> you literally have degree work in precise uh, precision. Computers really help out. Oh man! Wow. Uh, Remember when teachers told us we'd never have a uh, calculator with us yeah. at all times? Uh-huh. Now there's yeah. one in a pocket. Always. Yeah, thank God. Uh, Wouldn't make it otherwise. Yeah, you would. <laughs> you would be. You would be lost to the world. Uh, Oh well. So he anyway. was wholly convinced he had a four foot break for a long swore on, time. Swore on the holy book. <laughs> but oh well. Uh, we overcame it. Oh, okay. Cheap, we're, adapt, we're doing cheap a three, three foot pet, uh, piece that we're shearing, going the depth of his bench. He's like, "Well, it's a four foot bench. We'll have plenty of room." I'm no, like, you did not. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> I did. <laughs> we didn't have plenty of room for a three foot piece. Ran in the wall a couple times. <laughs> Uh, oh, so anyways okay. what updates do you have though <laughs> so uh wow. i went ahead and i had slowly worked my way from the farthest drop to the compressor uh don't know if that's the right way or the wrong way uh once you see our spot sponsored you'll understand that maybe you should do it differently but this is how scott did it <laughs> That's just going to be a theme on today. <laughs> it is. With so many themes. Anyway, so I kept working my way through, and it came out really nicely. I got the line as straight as I could. It comes in a roll, uh, and they make this really expensive, fancy roller thing, and I was like, no, I'll just do what I do. And uh, why would I out. buy the correct tool? I right. just make this other stuff work. No, yeah. I went and straightened it out, and uh, also did not buy their hangers. I bought... PEX hangers, which everybody's been concerned. Uh, it is not PEX. We'll also be going over that. Uh, it looks like PEX. It looks it like PEX. It does look like PEX, but it's not. Right. So uh, they have really cool uh, aluminum blocks that you mount to the wall. Uh, my system has compression fittings. No leaks. First time. Uh, worked out really nicely. I do have a, a dryer filter at the compressor now. So I'm attempting to remove as much air or uh, water out of the air as immediately. Uh, and other than some short whips, which maybe I'll get four foot ones. 
Uh, I don't know what you're going to get at this point. <laughs> no, all, all bets are off. I have no I, idea I, I what you're actually going to get. I bet they're as long as this tree saver. No doubt. No, I, I, <laughs> see, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he's been thinking that four foot, three foot was four foot this whole time. <laughs> that doesn't bode well for your tree saver. Yeah, even further. We'll have to measure that, see what, how it really is. Oh, gracious. Anyway, uh, it, it got all finished up and I was very happy. You able to pressurize it. And, you know, you're always a little nervous when you don't matter if you're doing your your camper build or your house and you know you first time it rains on it or, or that kind of stuff and you're like okay what did i miss what did i screw up and when it actually works sigh of relief no doubt yeah no <laughs> so doubt. it's very nice that i now can actually just use uh the, the compressed air system in my garage i don't have to drag a stupid hose around i've been yeah. doing for 10 plus years uh so yeah way to sharpen your axe that's very great. cool very happy and since you uh, tried to surprise us last week with a limo, with it the got limo, busted. It got busted. I've kept my update under wraps. Oh, okay. Well <laughs> I, done. I, I've well, done little hints here and there, but uh-huh. I don't think you have a clue what I, I have uh, to surprise you with. So okay. I am V8 swapping the Rambler. <laughs> well, then. Right. I was. I am surprised. <laughs> it gets better. What do you have to do that? What do I have to do that? I have a 287 AMC V8, uh, first gen AMC. Been learning it six weeks. There's a lot different. I got to tell yeah. you. I thought I knew stuff. Mm, no. <laughs> oh, my. This And a, and a Borg Warner automatic and a new torque tube and a new rear end. I'm doing the whole shooting match. Wow. Mm. I I wasn't ready. Yep. You're, you're right. And I, Scott, you, old Scott used to just go in and pay, you know, list price and stuff. Uh, list price for the engine transmission was twelve hundred dollars when they listed it i got the whole assembly for 450 wow <laughs> wow well that's because um yeah who wants a 287 amc i uh, mean scott does scott does <laughs> mad scientist well that's really cool so, so you're you're hot rodding the rambler i'm well sort of two barreling it's v8 yeah i mean it's I, still I a 287 to sound, amc i want to sound nice uh, I might try to put the 304 in it still, but I, it's got more challenges than Scott originally thought. What's important to note is how, <laughs> is how you got it for that price. You got it for that price because you went to a pl- uh, someone that was selling it that didn't know as much about it as you did. Yes. And you just pointed out all the things you could. I, I, I kneeled them. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> sometimes. He, he used his, his knowledge set to yes. make them feel inadequate and just go, okay, whatever, we'll just sell it to you. Well, I, I don't know if it's inadequate, but you're, you're pointing out the realities of the situation, yes. right? I, I, mean, I wasn't bringing honest. up any falsehoods. Uh, it, I was bringing up the very big challenges. But when you're in that that dance, you have to, you know, they have to bring up the positives of the situation, and you have to bring up the negatives. And somewhere in the middle, you meet. Yes, yep. and that's what we did. So I was that's pretty a pretty happy. big uh, that's a pretty big discrepancy, though. <laughs> yeah, was so, a, I mean, twelve hundred to four fifty. I mean, I've very been different. there. I was. I mean, they're young. Uh, okay, I, I've I've shot for the. the this stars is why and, they say knowledge is power, though, because when you know that going in, you can actually identify the real value of an item. Yeah, correct. Because I, I mean, ultimately, I think that is important to say that there is not a ton of people knocking down the door for. No. This V8 setup. And I had know? done my research and I had messaged some uh, friends that are, are AMC parts dealers and said, hey, what would you pay for this assembly? What would I need to look out what for? Is, what is the donor vehicle? It's a, So it came out of a 64 Rambler Classic. Okay. So pretty darn close. 64 and 66 are, are friendly for co 
uh, inhabiting things. There are small differences, which I won't bore you guys about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, eventually. Uh, everything will should should work out. Uh, initially, I was not planning on even using the 287, but I thought the bell housing on the first gen AMC V8 was the same as a second and third. Uh, for those that don't know, third gens are what came in our Jeeps, the 304s, the, the 360s, and the 401s. Yes. And uh, it is not. Yeah. So I'm diving down the rabbit hole of BorgWarner automatics, which were used in checker cabs. Wow. Oh. Behind a, a Chevy V8s, surprisingly. Okay. Yeah. So more. I'm, moment of silence for those checker people trying to fix their cars right right <laughs> uh internationals uh and studebakers uh huh. ford's uh first v or first automatic ish in the 60s was kind of loosely based off of it so yeah it's a it's, lot of learning curve a lot of learning curve it's interesting yeah that's so, fascinating that yeah. is um <clears throat> i will keep my my update very brief uh we're running water lines and rebuilding more floor because it Uh-oh. it dared to squeak under my foot when oh, I walked no. past again. Well, you know, uh, maybe a how, little bit. How big a section did you cut out this time? Uh, well, I mean, Scott section or like actually <laughs> math it. Uh, so it was, I, I would like the actual math, but let's start with the math. Scott. Let's start so with so the, the Scott. Actual, well, if it was, it was a Scottism, it was like a ten foot by twelve foot section. Yeah. Like, oh. uh, no, Bro. it was two two by two by three ish. Um, okay. And, and and reinforced. But again, this whole process of going, um, you know, it gotten to this point where uh, the part of the bathroom, which will be tiled, um, had a patch in it from when I initially redid the walls. And uh, I had five eighths plywood at the available to me at the time. And um, <clears throat> had to use small shim. I. Yeah, well, it was up just a little bit. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. It was up just a little bit, and when I really needed a, I wanted more of a a flat, uh, appropriate plane, and it was bothering me. And then, uh, about twelve inches from it, it dared to be a little, like a little spongy, you know. And I was like, and I didn't like the fact Drew that blood. I had this patch over here, and I had a little bit of sponge over yeah. here. Boy, I can identify and with all that crap. <laughs> I was like, and I and I had unfortunately for the third time had already reinforced where we had take the took uh, taken the ducting out. Uh, so this spot, this two by three, four ish area, literally had three different patches in it, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I was just like. Much like we get with our Jeeps when we when we do it professionally for our customers, it was like, well, it could stay cobbed together yep. and it will be okay. Yeah, we could or, semi-uncob it or we could just do it the right I way. I could just do it the right way. And yep. I know that in 10 years, should my structure be perfectly fine, that this but is should be 100%. <laughs> if your structure is not perfectly fine in 10 years, I'm in trouble with a camper. Yeah, that's, okay. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Camper's not going to exist in 10 years, but it's okay. <laughs> Ouch. He's probably right. Oh, wow. My camper probably won't be around wow, in 10 years. Hurts, it's folks. in a garage. Uh, here's the thing. So we just we ripped up that floor. Also, I started running my pecs, which was, you know, a lot of learning curve and figuring out because I was doing drilling through all of these these wall studs. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's for the birds. Uh-huh. And so especially when I don't, I don't know. Thing. I feel like we talked about that before you <laughs> had to start drilling. <laughs> so I had originally I mean, the big thing for us, uh, which is a little dissimilar for other 
uh, industrialized structures and then for many people in their homes. It's very, very important for me. I'm keeping my water lines in my living space. Uh, other, you know, your, your, your standard uh, industrialized structure, mobile or manufactured uh, or HUD home, the lines are oftentimes below the house or in the floor. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is the big concern with people when we have these deep freezes. Yes. Uh, you, you don't know, have they, water anymore. You're right. You want to turn your water on and let it run so that you have this tiny bit of, or, you know. Or heat tape it really well. Or heat tape it really well. Uh, for me, since we are, you know, we gutted the space and are, are rebuilding it. Uh, it was really valuable that um, not that I'm a full prepper, but that we set ourselves up for success. Uh, he, he's prepping, he's regardless prepping. of prepping. inconsistencies. He's just doing what you did with your wiring in uh, in yeah. our society. <laughs> I wanted to keep all my water lines in the house, yeah. and I have backup electricity, and I want to keep all of that stuff kind of localized to my to my structure. Uh, I, I, so we're taking the path of more resistance. Of course, we are. But but how do we you know not drill every single stud and so um, we have this interesting little space and so we're kind of creating a super highway at the rafter system basically a racetrack as you will a racetrack yep yep um, and then dropping down the mm-hmm. twelve foot walls with that <laughs> yeah so it's kind of a cool trying to simplify it you know I thought well I could really beat my head against this wall and drill every single stud. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that. The nine inch king studs were really slowing me down. Um, yep. um, that was very challenging. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, the problem was not so much the drilling. It was when I hit a nail that Ooh. was actually holding the king studs together or that's holding the sheathing on. Uh-huh. Mm. That was very challenging. Uh, so, well, we'll figure that out as mm. I run the electricity. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, that oh, and a, a friendly you, update. You'd on almost the, be better off to just create a notch. Instead of drilling through it, yes, notch it out and then put a metal plate over it. We would be. We would be. I don't want to do my water line that way, though, is what I, I finally settled on, that I want to do the racetrack. Yeah. Because uh, I, I want to eliminate issues of putting on uh, the vinyl siding and nailing through the wall. I decided I want to get my water lines out of my interior wall, put it up in my racetrack where it's going to be a little more serviceable. That makes sense, right? So there's there's those things that I've 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 kind of come to come to to actualization realization. Lastly, uh, because uh, you know we're just doing you know limousine things. Uh, stretch limousine went in for air conditioning service mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> to our friends uh, at Lake Erie Automotive. They're so happy about they it. They are thrilled to be working on a twenty-plus-year-old limousine. And because uh, limousines, if you are unfamiliar, folks, are not really well-built vehicles. Mm. They're, they're not exactly. Now, understand, um, I am in love with mine because it is a black Cadillac, mm-hmm. and it's massive uh, with black leather interior. With a V8. With a V8. Which, obviously, and, why I need a V8 swap the Rambler. Which is, keep up. Right. you oh, got to keep up now. Right? <laughs> we got to address our, inac- our, 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 our inadequacies. Yes. So uh, it is. It's an LT1 V8 rear-wheel drive And everyone in the Chevy crap. 
crowd just sighed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it means it's very it's very LS swappable. It is, as it should be. As it should be. Uh, so oh, it is going to be a video series on an not, LS swap limo. It is at least not a North Star, right? That's, and that's true. If it was a North Star, it, this never would have been a question. It. Yeah. Now, uh, now our friends over there are 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 doing the AC system because obviously that's critical. Um, yep. <clears throat> And it's a because it's a black car with black interior and all that kind of good stuff. And they have found home uh, home HVAC parts because it's part camper because it is part camper, which I think is <laughs> valuable funny. to this conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, it has, uh, you know, home central air from the 90s parts installed in it. That's probably uh, so they have gone to to Amazon to order my home. Uh, thermocoupler uh, hmm. that they needed uh, for the AC system. So we'll we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, a couple quick updates. Uh, so Amy had signed on a little bit ago, said, good morning, guys. Morning, morning. And morning. then Joe Harper, morning all. It's 60 to 80 degrees here in North Carolina. I just pulled the camper out yesterday, flushed the tanks. All I need to do is wash the one inch of pollen off of it and <laughs> take it to Windrock in two weeks. Oh, lucky, uh, lucky, lucky, right? Him and the Joes are, are traveling and, and people are getting ready to, to, to hit the road this summer. And then I you, think it's going to be a great year for it. And then just for fun, Daddy Jeep is saying LS swap the world. LS swap the it's world. Just not Ramblers. <laughs> <sighs> That's fine. That's yeah. fine. We're also uh, long arming the world, too. So, so uh, true. Our, our friend Jason uh, was up this weekend and, and he really wants a naturally aspirated LS with a full blower sticking out of the hood of the limo. Well, it's not naturally aspirated anymore. Well, no, no, you're right. It's not <laughs> fuel injected, I guess is what I meant oh, to okay. say. I should have carbonated. said carbonated because he uh, wants a he wants a supercharge. You're right. Not naturally aspirated. Carbonated uh, is what I, I meant to say. Uh, and he wants to put a full blower out of the hood of the limo. You know, perfect sense for Jason. Yeah, I think it sounds great. I, I could see you driving it like that. Oh yeah. my god, I think and that would be so cool. As the car breaks in half. We're, yes. Right. We've got some, we got a couple structural issues we're going to have to address. <laughs> oh, folks, boy. let's talk about Jeeps though, right? Because yeah. really that's why uh, at least the folks on this end of the camera and the, the microphones are here or because of the Jeep life. And many of our viewers and listeners are as well. And we've asked you in the past to supply your, your origin story. How did you get into Jeeps. Um, obviously, we have some pretty convoluted stories ourselves, and if you've been following along for any time, you might be familiar with Scott or mine. Mm -hmm. uh, we will tiptoe into it. We also know that Jeffrey was a unibody Jeep guy in a previous life. Yeah. yeah. And as you should be. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Though, you know, big credit to the Brillas. They started in a Liberty and they did all the Moab in that. So you can be. Yeah. I think that I would I would argue I don't know that you should be a unibody Jeep person, but you well, can you, be. You appreciate where you came from. Though. And that's that is the reality of the situation. Jeffrey's gonna work on pulling up some of your stories that you have shared with us, and we'll make sure to share those here in this program. Well, and also you can comment live uh, with some of your stories as well. We can read some of those as well. Absolutely. Scott, your wife got you in the Jeeps. Yep, it's all her fault. I, well, <laughs> that seems like a classic conversation between husband and wife. Yes. she her, Well, actually, it's her dad's fault. Okay. Because he uh, helped her buy a 91 XJ. Ah. That was a, a limited, so it was the, you know, had the Kenwood. Ooh. Stereo system. had leather interior. Had the no, 91. It was, it was leatherette 
little bit in cloth otherwise. So it was really? like a like limited light sort of thing. Yeah, must have been. Because uh, limited, I thought a true limited Cherokee did exist, and it was all leather. Well, of course, there's so many different packages. Packages. I might have it a little blurred in my head. Okay. Uh, I know I had, had the Pioneer or, you know, Kenwood-esque upgraded stereo because they actually told you what the speakers were. Interesting. Okay. You know, even though yep. they were garbage right from the factory. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, it had their little, had the little EQ thing. Uh, yes. Came stock with rust and uh, lots of blow by. Well, that's a Cherokee for you. Uh, it had the power and comfort uh, transmission oh. switch. So as soon as I got involved, we put it on power. Oh, it, it ever came off of power? I, I wanted mean, I wanted to feel that little shift point yes, uh, in the gears. The, the ignition cylinder was so worn out that you could pull the keys out at any random time, which mm-hmm. actually benefited us one of the times we were running late from school. Ah, well, that's a Chrysler product. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it soldiered on as long as we put oil in it with the quite regular. And ah. uh, But I decided when her floorboard was completely missing and the you know the piece of wood her dad had tossed in was kind of just floating around in the pedals maybe we wanted better so uh <laughs> we found her a 94 sport that mm-hmm. was black with a gray interior as so many were and then uh i of course it was either to, gray or peanut butter guts i mean of course gray's right? much better <laughs> so we then of course had to lift that because that made perfect sense right yeah. And uh, what teenagers do, you know, and, and her dad had super lift on his F 150, so I thought, well, might as well it's buy super lift. Natural, for this. this is a natural progression, <laughs> yes. Super lift of and my I Cherokee. learned how to do U joints on the front axles in now, the dirt in, driveway in your fairness, on a rock. In your fairness, this is this is circa late 90s, yes. Super lift was a relevant brand, yes. Let's be honest, right? Folks who are listening in right now, I mean, they right now, half of them about. they have no idea who super lift yeah. is. Daddy right? Jeep knows who they are. <laughs> Cheap knows who they are. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So, so you super, I mean, they were relevant at that time. Yeah. They were. And they still have their place. They, they've yes. moved on more into the truck market at this point. Completely. And they're very regionalized. Yes. They're still a good USA manufacturer, but very regionalized. So, we, we lifted it. My dad begrudgingly had to help me because I was a teenager. Oh, and Fred hated to, Jeeps at that uh, point. Terrible. Fred hated uh, Jeeps. Somewhere there's a picture of him laying underneath a Jeep with his head shaking. Yes. As I'm he's sure. trying to help me. <laughs> and uh, ironically, at that time, they had. Uh, so I found my first Jeep was a 93 XJ, also black. With Wait, I'm interior. totally going to go back to Fred real quick. I, yeah, I feel like there was an interaction among our first times where he just kind of like Grunted. half half acknowledged my existence yeah. with a. You're that Jeep kid. Yeah. That was pretty much it. I'm yeah. pretty I'm pretty certain that was the our it first happened. interaction. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. He had a lot of living up to do compared to some of <laughs> my other friends that got me into trouble. So anyway. <laughs> uh, so at some point I pick up my Jeep and it's a grandma XJ clean, has running boards on it, stock height. I don't know why you need running boards at that height. Well, because well, it's the 90s. And let's be Aluminum honest, ones, you're course. coming from what? Because I think it's yeah. important. If you said you're going to V8 the Rambler, which is arguably, I don't know if that's cool or not. I haven't made a decision <laughs> this yet. This is why I kept it from you. But <laughs> but let's tell us the absolutely incredibly uncool thing that you were driving prior right. to. Well, I had found a 58,000 mile, all the original documentation, 1982 AMC Concorde four-door sedan. Just my favorite. <laughs> it was a base model. That's my base, favorite. Base, 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 So it's, Scott's an 18-year-old driving an 82 Concorde. Yeah, I <laughs> thought I was real cool until it didn't go anywhere in the snow, which I don't understand. It sounded garbage with the uh, 
the Flowmaster, or not Flowmaster, uh, Cherry Bomb muffler it had on it. <laughs> you stepped on the gas, it got quiet, you left the gas, it sounded annoying. It, it was, was the droning. worst thing ever. I love this first, I love this We vehicle. eliminated 500 miles of vacuum tubing. If anyone has an 80 CJ, they know what I'm talking yep, about. Yep, yep. Took the plastic valve cover off, because, you know, yes. plastic belongs on an 80s motor. Put an aluminum valve cover on it. Uh, that's where Dad learned how to uh, nutter bypass block plate the, yes. the carbonator. And we thank him for that, because yes. his legacy lives on yes. in SFJ 4x4. Yep. And uh, that's why he, you know, he had a machine shop. He made his own pieces. That's why I'm trying to uh, do the same. And, and do better. And yes. do better. And we let the car left us stranded when the motorcraft box died on the way to college one morning. <laughs> in his uh, 82 Concord. Yeah. I had to stay with the car. In 2000, in the year 2000. Yeah, some random point. person we went to school with, we sort of knew, stopped and picked up Amy and took her off to school. Thankfully, he wasn't a serial killer. <laughs> I had to stay with the car. It was a different time, home. man. I, I swear was. It. I yeah. swear it. So that the, the Cherokee was a big... Uptick. The big was uh, the Cherokee was was I mean that was a brand new vehicle. By and comparison. I thought I was awesome, and I remember I you know immediately the running boards came off because why right uh, right and I and first snow happens I'm I got four wheel drive man four wheel drive I can flex on this and a snowstorm came up and I was supposed to go up and see Amy at uh her family was uh, vacationing just a little bit up by Cleveland I get on ninety throat and four wheel drive I'm a awesome i can't see the semi in front of me i make it one exit go home tail between my legs <laughs> you made it one exit uh but any which way as you should do if you have a girlfriend that has a lifted cherokee that's bigger than yours is you steal the lift off of it and put it on yours oh jeez. <laughs> and uh and you put the budget boost on hers oh. with the pucks and the v8 zj coils and that was a different time man. Oh, different boy. times and her of course you know when we were first getting into it i put adelief's in the back of hers so oh. it had sagged immediately right so the two and a half inch from three really made up and then sat level again i bought full packs for mine because i learned better yes uh and uh, then realized why you don't take the transmission cross member off a 90s Jeep that was driven in the salt. Yes. Because the bolts break off. Right. In any regard, so I got mine driving, and then uh, hers drove beautiful with the worst lift kit I've ever installed personally. <laughs> uh, Dad made a drop bracket for the Pitman arm drop uh, for the track bar, and it actually worked out really nicely because my dad helped. <laughs> mine <laughs> drove like absolute dog crap, and that's where I learned about JKS and Curry, which yes. is why I'm driving what I'm driving now with what lift kit I have. Right. Uh, then we got rid JKS of JKS was still uh, independently owned at that point <laughs> out of Montana or Nebraska yeah. or something. Yeah. So that's when we learned about uh, roof rust on Cherokees uh -huh. on the 94 and uh, quickly decided to exit stage left, and Amy got a 98. Classic, ooh, red all fancy. monochromic, and that thing was <laughs> what? Never mind. Just add it to the list. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, that thing had uh, uh, its own share of issues. Was not the old body XJs we thought it was, and then that went into the dark times where we got out of jeeps for five minutes. Yes, which is a whole, which <laughs> is a fantastic story. story, folks. And you will want to know that at some point in time in the future. It involves not cool uh, Pontiac vibes. It is, and and, and, Toyota, and Corollas. Toyota Corollas matching, oh of course, matching, of course. <laughs> yes, but for a and different Neil had story. to buy me out of Jeep parts, and I did, <laughs> and it, and it, it sealed our our friendship at that point with some. Some 31-inch tires that fit nicely on those Cherokees yes. of yours. 
Jeffrey, uh, do we have some stories of our of our customers, and then we'll circle back to some of our own personal yeah stories. Um, so Joe Harper chimed into the comments here, said I determined the Ram fifteen hundred was too large for the woods. Noticed smaller Jeeps did well, so I ended up with a Scrambler on Chevy one tons and forty four Super Swampers, that's, nineteen and a half inch wide. That's not much smaller. That's than not smaller, yeah. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the body's smaller, but the axles aren't. Yeah. So um, you just had damage. To be, that was less body damage, maybe. Uh, uh, it was just cooler than the fifteen hundred. I mean, it was cool. It was, it was cool. cool. It was cool. Could no you doubt. get any cooler in the nineties than the scrambler on? No. Yeah. What day was? When was that? Right. Because I mean, you're talking about a scrambler on on full sizes. That's yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. You know. Uh, so in our we had a Facebook post where we asked people for their stories, and one of the comments was uh, from Kendra. My husband bought a new F-250 on unforeseen circumstances. I drove it for a year. He said I had to stop driving his truck, so I went shopping. <laughs> Actually looking for a Ford Rapture or a Jeep Gladiator truck, where there just happened to be one sitting in Kingsville on the right color and the right size. Absolutely love it. Uh, side note, my brother had a Jeep, but whenever we would go to Hatfield McCoy and haul side-by-sides, we would have to pull his. He said he was looking for a bigger Jeep to pull his own. So I bought my Rubicon. The next week, he got a Mojave. Nice. Uh, and then they went to West Virginia immediately with it. How fun! Mm-hmm. How fun! It's cool to see people getting into getting into the game now. You know yeah, what inspires so many people? Options now compared to what so used to be in the dark options. years. So many <laughs> options. Uh, Mike Allward, uh, buddy, called and said, "Hey, you want to buy a Jeep? This guy wants four hundred dollars. It's a Rio Grande hardtop five speed." So I questioned, "What's wrong with it?" He said, "It needs one brake line and a track bar mount." Why did they put the track bar on a leaf sprung vehicle? <laughs> so I bought it, fixed it, and drove it for nine months. Sold it to a guy at the Mill Creek Mall for thirty four hundred because it was wow. his dream Jeep. Wow, good for you! Nice Mike. turnaround, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Colleen's on here with my in laws. Have always had Jeeps. We look like a Jeep commercial when we get together. <laughs> we can identify. Yes, we can. <laughs> uh, yeah. Father in law gave hubby a Cherokee as a college grad gift which he drove till I thought it would disintegrate into a pile of rust on the next pothole. Jostle identified. Yeah. Uh, He replaced it with an 04 TJ and kept me supplied in older Cherokees. And you know, while raising kids, uh, when when the last Cherokee was circling the drain, he asked me, (laughs) if if you could have any car you wanted, what would it be? It's now sitting in my driveway, a 2015 Hydro Blue JKU. Go Jeep Blue Crew. Blue Jeep Crew. There you go. All right. Um, see if we can find another one here. Uh, my first, this is Donald Johnson. My first was a 77 CJ five. I bought it for $4,500. It had 4,000 miles on it. Wow. The only options it had was a V eight and power brakes and two bucket seats. Perfect. All you need. He only drove it in the summer and lived in the country. I drove it for four years and modified it. It had a 71 401 in two tops and 33 inch tires. It was a handful, sold it for 6 k and 85 and that was a big mistake. Guy wrecked it two weeks later on the street, rolled it. Mm. Ah, that was, you know hey, what? Hashtag and, YJ. And that's why the YJ <laughs> existed. And listen, Don had it. The guy had it before Don. Nobody rolled it to that point. Yeah. That wasn't the Jeep's fault. No. Right? right. The, Jeep, the Jeep didn't want to roll itself. No. You know, that was the problem. There was a plague of short, Jeep rollovers. Short wheelbase, a big V8 and young, yep. young person, I guarantee it. Yep. Or somebody not paying attention, you know? Yep. 
Jeffrey, do you want to regale us with your story and then circle back to some of our customers? So our followers, listeners, viewers, that kind of stuff. I first started liking Jeeps when I was just a kid because I, I got As to ride should. a ride in Everybody a should. couple family uh, member of Wranglers. Uh, and with horrible experiences, I mean, at one point we were driving down the highway and the, the whole shifter came up in their hand. Uh-huh. So, it's yeah. character building. Yeah. Um, it's character building. You walk that off. I, I'm in the back seat. <laughs> no seatbelts. Uh, you know, and, and my I believe it was my dad that was driving and, and either my uncle or my grandfather was a passenger seat. And they're both looking at each other like, oh, yeah. What, what do we do now? He's cussing on air, folks. <laughs> Sorry. I said we were going to be PG-13. <laughs> Scott still, was there's still PG thirteen. Uh, <laughs> You're allowed so many. <laughs> Anyways, we'll we'll edit that out. That's right. But um, I'm just sitting in the back seat, like I don't, I don't even know what that means right now. But oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's not completely un, un, that can't unassuming. be a great thing, right? I want one of these. I want one of these. This is what this is what gets your your juices going. And uh, you know, uh, 2002, my parents picked up a Liberty right when they were brand new off the lot. I'm sorry. Uh, and I immediately took it over as a as a daily driver. I like that Liberty. That's okay. I see you, Joe and Linda. I do. I hated that Liberty. Ari has one of those as well. Yeah, uh, slightly modified. Daddy Jeep had one. I thought. Yeah, no, he had the newer version. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Not but, the KJ. So he so that, he has a KK. Um, from there, uh, that that got totaled a few times. Uh, a few times between me and and my mom. My mom doesn't even drive anymore because of. Oh, oh dear! Oh dear! Oh, okay. She, she just doesn't like driving. So, anyways, we we beat that Jeep up pretty good, right? Um, then I I went through a series of other cars. Um, the Delta eighty eight was one of them. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> like your Concorde. Oh, it was great. Okay. Yeah, so, good memories of that. I, I, right. I can't contest. That. I can't, you can't have <laughs> Concorde's great for parts. That's, that's about all. That's got right. I got. <laughs> the uh, eventually I got into it was like. 2008, I think it was, that I, I picked up a grand, uh, a 2004 grand off a lot used, and I drove that for many years and had a lot of fun with that, t- taking it places it should never go. Sure. As uh, you should. Absolutely. I mean, there's uh, maybe some people's cornfields that I've drove through a few no, times. No, maybe. No. I'm not going to say where. No. Seven um, years. It's been years. Um, <laughs> Seven years statute of limitations. <laughs> God save. Uh, so, yeah. So, there was that, and... You know, my dream was always to get into a Wrangler, but I could just never afford a Wrangler. Sure. Um, and then I always joke that one of the reasons I never went to a Wrangler was because I also need the because you're the a truck man. So I always wanted you're a, a truck, truck man, but I couldn't decide if I wanted to buy a truck or buy a Wrangler, and I couldn't afford either. And then Jeep Gladiators came out, and I went, "I'm buying it. I'm I don't doing care. This. I'm making this happen." And I did. Cool. Cool. Yeah, willing it into existence. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it I is. Should. It was and to this point. I mean, and I, I, I think it's really cool because you actually have um, a variation of your truck on your arm at this point. Yes. And I think that uh, while it is aesthetically cool, it, it also kind of uh, talks about your story of, of kind of making this happen. You oh, know? yeah. And, and all, honestly, the journey that it's kind of springboarded you onto then. Uh, which is which is really unique. Well, I mean that well. that truck is the reason I'm sitting here today. It is. That's <laughs> really that's the reality of the situation. I came, I came in here as a customer trying to buy a lift kit, and yeah, you guys were very busy as usual, backlogged, and and I didn't want to wait for the the service of it. So I said, well, I'll do it in my driveway. Yep. Next yep. thing I knew, I was working here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's that's so fun. Uh, do we have any other ones from from the book of faces from email? Uh, well, Chuck is saying my first Jeep was a. Uh, 
M151A2, and Uncle Sam owned it. Yep. <laughs> Spent many days driving through the woods at Fort Polk and loved it. Many years later, my son had my sons had XJs that they used for the Gambler 500. Yes. Riding with them sealed the deal for me, and I ended up with Hell on Wheels, which is his Jeep. Right, right. Very cool. And um, <clears throat> any other ones from there or email? Um, yeah, there's... We have several, so let's go to, we'll talk about Darla's for a second. Uh, many years ago, my sister started talking about Jeep. That started me thinking about it, so eventually I test drove a new Jeep. Loved it, but I couldn't get the payment where I needed it. My brother Terry bought a 06 Wrangler, and I loved the look. He was very ta- tall and had a hard time getting in and out of it, <laughs> so he sold it to my brother Brian, and then my life took a turn, and I changed jobs. Bought my dream Jeep, a 97 Wrangler. And then my sister bought her Jeep. So now we have three Jeeps in the immediate family. And as she puts it, y'all are building my dream. <laughs> yes. it's, it's not much of a story, but there you have it all. Owners of Harley, the money pit. Um, I can't ride my motorcycle right now. So the name Harley is my bike in a sense. And I don't have to explain the money pit part of it. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And that's cool when you can share uh, the Jeep culture with your family. Yeah. Right? Um, which I think is a, a fair segue as uh as and and ultimately folks there are probably other stories on our facebook post or in the comments so many good stories so you know get in there and 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 share with us and share in those comments um before we transition i'll share a little bit of the actual conceptualization conceptualization of simpson family jeeps and um Ultimately, uh, I think it's it's important to pay homage and go back to my grandfather, who was in the occupation forces. Uh, so he is actually overseas in the 50s and is exposed to our service Jeeps at that time. Uh, as he transitions back uh, to the States, he ends up uh, it was, you know, a Jeep was a tractor at that time and it was a consumable. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he. He appreciated it for its utilitarian nature. Um, by the uh, the eighties, uh, my father actually had purchased uh, a nineteen seventy one Jeep CJ five had a Dauntless V six in it. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, you know, short wheelbase Jeep. You know, the kind of iconic. You know, Jeep stuff that we talk about, but it was a little bit of a rust bucket and uh, no. he drove it. <laughs> right. <laughs> he drove it for a, a period of time. And, you know, people always talk about, oh, I've got a family now. I got to get rid of the Jeep. I see those posts online all the time. Yeah. And it just makes my skin just itch yep. because I'm like, you know what? Our forefathers legitimately did this. You know, they sh- they threw the kid in the back seat without the seat belts. Not that we're condoning that by any stretch of the imagination. It's different times. Different times. Jeep <laughs> didn't go that fast. Vehicles didn't go as fast. We didn't travel as much. That kind of stuff. But we were able to do it. The kid just learned to crawl up over the wheel well or crawl in between the seats. I know that as a person who's owned uh, only a two we- two door Jeep to this point and raised my kids out of it, I've made them crawl precariously any which way they can. Yes, right? Jeep of course. Through. Yes, Jeep through it. <laughs> um, and so, you know, so he ends up uh, after having, you know, my sisters in it and it's pretty rusty. They end up taking off the road. My grandfather purchases it back. The same one who was in the occupation forces. And um, as a project for him, uh, it was a period of time where fiberglass bodies were, were very, very kind of your only option, only option. They were our only option and, and they were prevalent in our our Jeep history. And if you're a new Jeep owner, you you might not be aware of how our Jeep 
industry was was born into existence here in uh, what I like to call the heartland from Toledo to, to Pittsburgh, really. And we had all of these fiberglass body manufacturers by necessity, by necessity. Yep. And that helped push forward the off-road industry or the aftermarket accessory industry. Because if you're going to put a body on, you might as well lift it. You might as well lift it. You might as well do some performance stuff, right? Ultimately, the you know Moab and Utah had the off-road trail adventures and experience, but the aftermarket industry itself arguably could really be uh, ar- an argument could be made that it was born right here out of this Great Lakes region. Yep. Need to push snow, go get stuff. And- yep. Yep. We needed to improve upon these vehicles. Yep. My grandfather ends up doing a fiberglass uh, body swap on my dad's first Jeep. So that's 71. And uh, at that point in time, my parents were were just poor school teachers and and just kind of muddled through life with whatever vehicle they could you know afford at that time uh go back to darla's the money pit conversation that particular jeep then was used as a tractor on my my family farm and ultimately my sisters um and my cousins all kind of learned to drive standard and and that kind of uh, quintessential Jeep through the pasture, through the hay field, you know, pulling wagons and chasing down cows and that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, as, as you know, my family was on their come up, if you will, my dad was able to sacrifice and save, uh, and, and eventually purchased a 1995 YJ. And, uh, it was very nice. It was a very nice YJ. Until Beth and you got it. Until my sister and I uh, got our hands on that. Uh, I'm sorry to that day, Dad. Uh, he saw right through when we brought it home, you know, all, all washed. We were just supposed to go out for, you know, a sandwich or something at the White Turkey. And we brought it back all clean because my sister and I were out baja in it. Um, but As you should be, but right. <laughs> but eventually, um, and a credit to my, my parents, they made uh offers to us as kids not that they would buy us the whole vehicle but that they would match us they would support us in the process and so they made it uh available to us that my sister and I could both get into Wranglers uh which was which was awesome and started um you know a full aspect of of appreciation where we could take day trips together as a family in our jeeps and Run about town or up to you know the mountains Learn in Pennsylvania, New York. Constantly. Learn broken down on the side of the road to fix them. Go on adventures down to the ocean in that '95 with the foot to the floorboard. Met my wife in one. Went you know off road and got stuck. And my wife in her heels hikes out of the woods down to a. They love wheeling in nice clothing. Oh no doubt, right? My <laughs> wife and I. That's that's our never miss an opportunity for a good story. Is is pivotal to to our relationship. That black but, tie event's coming up, I'm telling you. It is, right? <laughs> Look for it. You guys will be looking for that event. I promise you that. And so ultimately for us, it was a natural prog- uh, progression. It's one that's rooted in um, in planning and sacrifice and a passion. Um, it's, it's centered largely around, you know, Wrangler or convertible CJ and Wrangler vehicles, um, but an appreciation for the brand and the rugged individualism that it all represents. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool stuff. And, and ultimately, we still have that 71 CJ5 in our family. Uh, my dad's not too 
keen on it. He's always like, well, we use it for parts. If we build it into something else, he really loves the flat fender. That's kind of iconically our OG, our original logo, um, which was uh, ultimately also my grandfather. So a really interesting, self-supporting family, um, which is legitimately where the namesake comes from. So mm-hmm. cool stuff there. Is there any other stories? Anything else we need to share for the good of the order? Uh, well, Daddy Jeep just chimed in in the comments, so we'll read that one real quick. I do like his story, and I think that's important. So he started a subscription to Four Wheel and Off-Road Magazine when he was 12. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, he's he's revealing his age by saying this was in 86, so the YJ came out shortly after that, yes. and the rest is history. So he finally got his in 99. Yes, and, awesome. and Daddy Jeep is uh, an important, uh, the name itself is important. Uh, I love the story of his Testimony name. to his, his family as well, and how important uh, that vehicle and those vehicles have been to, to him and his family. So cool stuff there folks you know if you want to share your story like i like i said there's a facebook post out there you can share your story or oftentimes we will share over and over on the page because it is important to pay honor to our you know to our origins and then to share with other people well and i believe the jeep life is contagious i I mean honestly since i bought a jeep reference with a reference (laughs) since i bought a jeep i can tell you several people that have actually scott is rashing up again i know i know i'm ignoring him you're trying to stay but i've known several people that have seen what i've done with the jeep and then went and bought their own yes uh because of the the contagious nature of it not because of a rash (laughs) (laughs) and i think in a very positive manner and it's, it's an internal talking point talks a little bit about uh, the concepts that we discuss on the American Hustle, uh, that I actually love seeing people in and around this area since our since SFJ 4x4 has continued to build up over the last decade and a half. Uh, yes, there were a number of prolific businesses south of us in the Youngstown-esque area. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular area has just kind of blossom just it was back then it was just kind of a tool you, you saw a random Jeep more of a utility with a plow on it yes randomly here and, and there and with the jk and then the tj market as explosive as they have been and the, and the jls now and in this specific area we have blossomed with a lot of startup businesses um and then lots of people driving big modified jeeps in this area and they don't always have to be our customers but maybe no. they're listening to this program maybe they're buying parts from here maybe they're coming to an event that we've hosted or that we've supported yep. uh, maybe they're part of a club that we sponsor right. i love the fact that we can touch so many people within their origin stories within that contagion of positive jeep life experience absolutely and you know this area is there's so many jeeps in it now that if you participate in the Jeep wave, your arm's tired after a 20-minute drive. Especially from here to your house. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. We're going to take a, a quick transition, and we'll be back to do hashtag not sponsor. We're going to be talking about airlines. And now it's time for our product spotlight. Hashtag not sponsor. Spotlight. Hashtag not sponsor. So today our uh, hashtag not sponsored is rapid air compressed air products. And I can't it's a heck of a name, right? Can't, <laughs> talk about business titles. Talk about business titles, right? Can't even uh, plan stuff. Uh, so they're based in Wisconsin. Ironically, okay. since we're talking about Ramblers and, and that kind of stuff, because it was also from Kenosha. Uh, these are in the of middle, middle not, of the state. Everybody has that association. Uh, yeah. Ironically, the the person to, that originated this company, uh, his dad and grandfather and et cetera, were all farmers. Oh, uh, everybody kind of had that 
pull yourself up that by the bootstraps. bootstrap mentality. mentality. So he's, he was uh, recently uh, laid off. He was working as a, a designer, uh, you know, a little bit CAD, that kind of stuff for right. an automotive some type company. of mechanical engineering yeah, mechanical inspired engineering. business. Uh, ironic, you know, Wisconsin's also has a lot to do with supplying the big three, so it makes mm-hmm. no surprise. And he had uh, recently moved and was outfitting his home garage and said, you know, it'd be nice if I had an easy-to-digest, easy-to-assemble airline kit for my garage. Sure. And because he had the engineering background, he... He said, hey, I'm going to build this. I'm going to build this. Yeah. And uh, started making garage kits, and it took off from there uh, very cool i thought it was really cool they have a little video on their website kind of explains and one of the things that really spoke to me is anyone that works there can pick up the phone and talk knowledgeable about this air system huh. and i thought i see you i see you welcome to sfj right so it, it was really pretty cool i you know i'm so glad i bought this kit now because i did not know all this uh you can go on their website they have uh literally can make drawings of the what the airline and design your kit on their website huh wish i would have known that because oh, <laughs> i'm sure i did stuff wrong but uh you know very 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 cool uh also in the early 2000s is when all this was took place uh so the kit i use so this is this has been a couple decade old uh yeah, product very similar point. to and, us and folks, if you're if you're listening in, uh, regardless of where you're at in the world, you can you can catch some sneak peeks of these on Scott's uh, Instagram page. Yep. Um, 1936 it, it is not, not Pex. It looks like Pex. Right? Like As a person a who like was Pex. working with Pex, I was looking at it. Uh, I was looking at your installations this weekend, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Uh, he's I, pexing his garage. <laughs> yes. When, when I went over, knowing it wasn't Pex, I looked at him and said, "You sure that's not Pex?" And he's like, <laughs> "Here." And he hands me the tube, and I, I it's not Pex. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's so, very impressive. So there is a couple different materials they have, and there is a couple different lines they offer. Uh, they actually have kits. At this point, they're full industrial. They can do half inch to six inch line. Wow, six six inches. Inch. Yeah, wow. Those are, of compressed air. Uh, and you can do inert gas and vacuum. Uh, okay, okay. And, I feel uh, non potable water. Oh, so they've expanded. Yeah, like we have. Good. Yeah. Uh, so the one I ordered is a HDPE slash aluminum HDPE. So it's got a, basically a tube of aluminum that's sandwiched on both sides with that plastic. So, the oh, so it's got a sheath. HDPE, when he told me about that, I found that very interesting uh, because in the firework world where I, I live around July. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, six weeks. Your six it's, weeks. It's my six weeks every year. Um, the... The types of tubes that you can get, you can do fiberglass, you can do PVC, or you can do HDPE. Hmm. Of those three, HDPE is really the only safe one. Interesting. Because it can actually absorb that shock. It'll actually, it's flexible. Yes, at a molecular level. At a molecular level, whereas like PVC, which is commonly used and shouldn't be, will actually just shatter under force. Right. Yeah, and it's and it's ideal for fluid or gas transfer suitable for high pressure. So it's you can tell he's an engineer. Right, it is, it's an engineered t- product, right? Yeah. Oh, Versus yeah. the the PVC. Yeah, and it is important. It's uh, OSHA compliant. Uh, they have a one year warranty. Uh, it has a negative forty to one hundred and forty degree working temperature, hmm. uh, two hundred psi working pressure. Uh, so the three, uh, four options they have is they have what's called fast pipe which is actually aluminum and that's three quarter to six inch 
They have the Max line, which is what I use, which is good for compressed air, vacuum, inert gas. Uh, it's 200 PSI working pressure, like I said, and that's half inch to two inch. They have a Duratec, which is uh, also used for compressed air, vacuum, inert gas, which is a PERT aluminum mix. Uh, also good for 200 PSI. That's good for half inch to one inch. And then they have the Rapid Air, which is kind of where they started. Uh, it's for good for 150 PSI, and that's for your, like, one-car garage. I have a table saw, and I want to be able to blow parts off. Yes. I have a little tiny compressor kind of stuff. And right. it does not have the aluminum. It is just a nylon tube. Sort of everyone's played with that. We obviously have used those on our Jeeps yes. for our compressed air systems, and they have the little push-down release kind of scenario. Yes. Now, yes. in all your technical specs, I know you said the operating pressure is up to 200 PSI. Yes. What is the fail pressure? It did not tell me that. Uh. I would love to know. But yeah. I can tell you from coming from some of my background that it's almost always at least double, at if least not double. triple, at least, yeah. for failure. But I'd love to know what that actual fail point is. Yeah. So it's kind of their claim to fame. Obviously, is a USA uh, brand product. Is that they have these cool aluminum blocks that uh, give you a valve on the bottom for your air uh, water drain. You have a nice spot for your fitting to attach, and then you can either attach your uh, tubing to the back of it in the wall mm -hmm. and completely hide your tubing hmm. or you can have it go in the top. So it's really optioned for, say you want to have a really nice high scale garage, but you just want to have air, you can completely hide the system. You can also bury these uh, because it's obviously corrosion resistant being... Yeah, it has the know, sheath on it. the sheath on it. Uh, now it's also something big for him to be able to have a, something that's corrosion resistant. Uh, that's awesome. And I think it's valuable because people listening in, if you're not um, wholly familiar with air systems, right? It's just something we take for granted when you get to you know, the gas station or that garage that's working on your vehicle. Uh, compressed air creates moisture. Yep. It's a natural um, It's because the, the compressor makes it is hot. Then it can, uh, cools As it condenses, it condenses inside the tank. Yes. Um, and so condensation uh, occurs naturally inside the tank. And so what will happen is that uh, moisture will be forced with the air through mm -hmm. and into the lines. And so for a professional service garage like ourselves, we actually have to monitor the amount of moisture that we have in our lines yep. uh, so that it does not deteriorate or de uh, depreciate our tools that we actually use. If and, you're in the compressor itself or the compressor itself. Yep. And there's a couple ways to go about that as far as blow off valves and dryers, really important in paint and, um, and auto body businesses. Yep. Um, and, and machine shops in general, machine used, shops, a lot yep. of them have the, the industrial size dryers and yep. correct. But, and part so, that I really thought was cool is they have now expanded. They can do basically say you're uh, you can do an Amazon level business and you can say, I need a compressed air system. You call these people up. They can set you up with the compressor you need, the dryer you need, the air uh, whips you need, the reels you need, the fittings yes. you need. Plan it out completely and install it. A full supply, uh, yes. a su full supplier yes. at that point. And, and you can Which also is, be your home garage, call them with the questions and they will help you. Right. And I think that a lot of a lot of times people don't, um, you know, uh, fully appreciate what that compressor is doing when you just have a little eight gallon or a pancake. Right. You know, we have just that standard little valve, you know, thumb screw valve on the bottom of that tank, yep. which a lot of people neglect, you know, 100 percent. And as you transition from that to a home installed product, um, you know, being able to jump into the right product 
will probably save you a lot of money oh, 100%. Um, if you if you transition into a quality product like mm-hmm. this. And those little aluminum blocks they have with the, the, the pet cock or the drain rate on them, yes. because everywhere you have a drop on your air system, moisture, you, will, gather. moisture will get there. Yep. Now, you and I both have been privy to Schedule 40 PVC air systems. Yes. And despite the argument of the armchair internet quarterbacks, they do work. They do work. Uh, um, the biggest challenge is uh, what I've heard is over time, it gets more and more brittle as it ages. It will get more and more brittle uh, because it is not an engineered product. Uh, it could, uh, based on impact, so if, yeah. a, if, a, if a tool or a part goes flying and accidentally hits it, that PVC, it can shatter, it can shatter mm-hmm. um, and, and cause problems. Uh, likewise, with that drain system that I was, we were just talking about, uh, the PVC ball valves uh, will depreciate under pressure yep. and will stop functioning. Yep. And we personally here at SFJ have experienced that. And then we have to shut the whole system down, yep. cut off all of those plastic valves and mm-hmm. put yep. on different valves. Yep. And so... Sometimes and, and it's important. No, my dad's shop and, and kind of why we did what we did here, here. was that style. Hundred uh, percent. And I learned from my dad's experience, and he was here. And I decided I wanted to go a little different direction. We always want to try out stuff on ourselves, 100%. and uh, that's why I decided to go this route. And you got to think that by the when 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 this we were doing exist. SSJ, this barely existed by yeah. the time that we were actually building this facility here. You know right. what I mean? It's kind of crazy to think of it that way. Um, and, and ultimately, so we, we know that certain things will work. We're not trying to exactly dissuade anyone from that conversation, but what we're, we take the business approach of saying, Hey, you you pay now or you pay later, but you always pay. So if you start with a product like this, that is, uh, that is more of an engineered product. Yep. That actually might be more expandable. It might be more serviceable instead of having to shut down our air system and cut off all of our ball valves and have to, yep. you know, do some of what we yeah, have this, had to do. The system I use specifically, which was the Max Line system, it has compression fittings everywhere, so I can literally shut the air off, go take it apart, and move it around effortlessly. And and so valuable to say, folks, that we will never ever ever support compression fittings on brake systems. Correct. Right. Uh, this is but compression fittings as far as your serviceability under airlines, on, under this nominal is an pressure. engineered for this purpose with O-rings, a special collet, uh, the way it grips the line. It is not just going to the hardware store. You cannot buy these fittings what, at Home Depot. Or what did you learn about them? Sadness. What did you learn about those washers <laughs> or the O-rings? So there is a tool. And one of the other things I really think is cool, when you buy the garage kit, they give you the, the cutter for the line. Uh-huh. They give you a tool that will chamfer the inside and outside edge of the line. Right. Gives you all the pieces you need. Give you the tools for success. Gives you the tools for success. They give you extra O-rings. They know you're going to screw up. Yes. And you're going to need an extra O-ring. And I was tired, and I'm over there trying to put stuff together. I had forgotten to use the reamer tool. It will not go together without huh. it. <laughs> so I can contest to that. Indeed, that's all. Isn't, that isn't that wild? What a cool product. If you're looking to work on outfitting your garage, um, you know, you can find this online. It was the Max Line product by Rapid Air. Yep. Um, and, right. and obviously in the Mad Scientist personal shop where uh, he is both working on his 
uh, his 36 Ford Hot Rod, his AMC V8 swap, and uh, one of our new restoration projects, Yep. Uh, our, our 51 M38. Uh, you should follow along with his Instagram, uh, our Instagram. You know, Jeffrey's uh, trailer will be going cross-country very soon. Lots of cool updates. Thank you all for sharing with us your origin stories of how you got into the Jeep life. We thank you for being part of this program. And uh, we've got a lot of work to accomplish here. Check out our Tech Tuesdays, our live videos. And uh, make sure that you follow along for those updates. Look for some cool activities with us in the future. Jeffrey was teasing some of them already uh, today. So without further ado, Jeep on. Jeep on. Jeep on. Jeep on.